Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hour number three as we are moving right along on this Friday evening. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. We'll take you for another 60 minutes. Then it's the weekend wager with Anita Marks. Basketball been a common theme here over the last few days, right? And yesterday we got finality on the Donovan Mitchell soap opera. He won't be coming home to New York. Instead, he's going to Cleveland. Joining us now to talk all things NBA, he is a supporter of the New York Knicks Basketball Club, among other things. You see him and read him and hear him and all those things on Underdog Fantasy. He is my good friend, Robert Perez. You know him as Worldwide Wob. Uh, Robert, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Only my real friends can call me Robert, so I'll let it pass, but doing all right. <laughs> I'm surprised we're talking Knicks. We've got the Yankees in the middle of a pennant race right now. we got the Mets on. And yet, here we are, talking Knicks. Well, the, all the Mets do is win. All the Yankees do is can't get a meaningful hit to save their lives. So that, that, that's pretty much why we have to talk Knicks. I mean, it's kind of like par for the course right now. I'm glad that, you know, I, I making, know you were... Um, making headlines, Dan. That's for uh, sure. The, they are very good. I know you were traveling the globe. I'm glad that they let you back into the country. So uh, I'm sure you're all rested, ready to go now, and uh, ready for another basketball season, right? Yeah, back here in the States, and just like that... End of the month, we're going to have preseason meeting in the training camp, and I'm not completely sold that this Knicks roster is finalized just yet, but we can get into that. I'll I'll let you handle the questions on that part before I perjure myself. A little bit of a leaving the door open there by Rob, which we will indeed get into. Um, All right, let's start with the big story, obviously. Are you surprised or not surprised that Donovan Mitchell is not a Nick? I'm surprised he's a Cavalier. I didn't really see anyone really saw that uh, people I talked to in the industry, no one really saw it coming. And the story was Kobe Altman, the Cleveland Cavaliers general manager was at the U S open. He got the news the same way we did that RJ Barrett signed his extension and the Knicks were quote unquote, pulling out of the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes for the time being, because it was going to be really difficult to trade RJ Barrett uh, once he was signed. So that deal kind of formulated within a 48 hour span and uh, him going to Cleveland I, I, that would have been the last place. Probably, It makes a lot of sense in the deal that they did. I thought that third unprotected first-round pick was the cherry on top that if I was Danny Ainge, I would take that too. So the deal itself between uh, Abahi, Markinen, Sexton is, is signed long-term now. I mean, that makes a lot of sense for the Utah Jazz. It makes sense for Donovan Mitchell. He's going to be on a team alongside two other All-Stars. Uh, the deal itself makes sense, but the Cleveland part of it shocked me as much as it shocked everybody else. Yeah, because we were told, what, a few days ago that they were out, right? Cleveland's out. It's not going to be them. And then it was always, well, the Knicks have the most to offer. They have the best potential package if they see fit. And so you thought it was only a matter of time, and then boom, here comes Cleveland swooping back in, and they get the guy. In your opinion, what was too much? Like, if the Knicks were going to get him, you know, what would have been too much in terms of a price that they were going to have to give Utah? So this is where the Knicks kind of 
reared the Knicks head because I think I speak for a lot of Knicks fans out there that we were okay. And I say we, I mean other Knicks fans that we were okay with not overpaying for Donovan Mitchell. This is not Giannis Antetokounmpo. This is not Kevin Durant. This is not LeBron James. This is not Steph Curry. Donovan Mitchell is an all-star, but he's not one of those six or seven guys that if he's on your team, you automatically become a championship contender. Therefore, what the Knicks would have done in the past between the years of 2000 and 2020 is traded every single asset on the books for a player just like that, and you go all in. Like, he's really got to blossom. It would have been great. You got a New York City kid that you could put on the front of a billboard outside of Penn Station, and the hype going into the season would have been real. But if you traded what ultimately we found out as this deal that what the Knicks offered originally for Donovan Mitchell – you're looking at probably a five-seed ceiling in the Eastern Conference that is as stacked as it has ever been since I'm alive. I'm talking like first-round, five-seed, yep. maybe, with Donovan Mitchell on the team. So then we find out after this trade goes down, we're like, all right, Leon's going to stick to his guns. We're kind of cool with that, all right? But then about three hours later, uh, Woj from ESPN tweets out what the Knicks originally offered, which includes I don't buy that, by the not way. only RJ. Don't buy Not that. Only RJ. You don't buy that. I don't buy it. I think it was leaked what? to almost say. I think it was leaked by somebody maybe on the New York side to help almost save face and to appease the fan base. Like, see, here's what we didn't do. Because let's be honest. First of all, Utah would have been fools for turning that down, which allegedly they said they did. And second of all, do you think in their right minds the Knicks would actually offer all of that for Donovan Mitchell when their last apparently uh, stuff that they were willing to to give up in the trade wasn't anywhere nearly close to that? I, I just I think that that was a leak to kind of calm the fan base down. Okay, so let me play devil's advocate here right. for a second because where does Woj get his information from? And I'm, I'm asking you this. Where do you think he got that info from? It had to be the Knicks. Oh, that's what I said, 100%. And I'm not doubting Woj. Like some, I think somebody fed him that, but I don't think necessarily it was 100% legit. Not Woj's reporting, the report that they gave to him. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so now that you answered that question, if you're going to leak information to who is the most popular NBA news reporter on earth, and you tell him that we originally offered R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, who else was in there? Emmanuel Quickly and three unprotected first round draft picks. If that no Mitchell Robinson, it was RJ, Obi, and Mitchell. Okay, even worse. And that was before Mitchell got resigned. So that's even worse. That's the entire Knicks future put together in a package for Donovan Mitchell. That would have had me steaming. Okay, that would have had pretty much every Knicks fan on earth steaming if that's what went out for Donovan Mitchell. So if you're the Knicks, why would you tell Woj to tweet that? That doesn't make you look good that you originally offered that and that it got turned down. Like, what do you, what's, what was the purpose of putting that into the world to make Danny Ainge look bad for not taking it? That's the only thing I can think of. I that think it was more look any more competent. No, I think it makes them and they probably looked at it as our, and there were a lot of fans that thought this way. Maybe, you know, some that were maybe a little bit more passionate and emotional than others. But fans thought, oh, here we go again. We swing and miss and strike out and don't get another guy, a guy who wanted to come here, but it wasn't a case of a free agency. We could have went out there and got him. We had the most tools to go get him, and yet that still wasn't good enough. That's what I think the Knicks were afraid that the rhetoric would have been from the fan base. 
But where are they getting their feedback from? Because what I, I, I feel pretty entrenched amongst Knicks fans, at least on Twitter and social media and even the traditional legacy networks, that everyone's kind of okay with not paying this third unprotected first-round pick because that's what's gotten the Knicks into trouble for so long. So why did they feel the need to not only send out the press release five minutes after Woj tweets that R.J. Barrett has re-signed, which is the most Knicks thing in the world, but three hours later, they're like, guess what? We offered this terrible package, and Utah still said no, so please clap, like Jeb Bush style. That – what was the, what problem needed to be fixed there? Cause because I, at least I, amongst my audience, uh, we, everything was, was fine. Like we've moved on. We'll go to battle with the guys we have here. And more importantly, the Knicks have not exhausted any of the assets that they have, which puts you in line for the next disgruntled star, which will come about within three months. Like it does in the NBA every single time you could have the Oklahoma city thunder looking to move Shea Gill, just Alexander for a much less price than Donovan Mitchell, and we can get into talking who's better there. Uh, There will be other opportunities for Knicks to spend the draft picks that they have. So my question back to you is, Mm -hmm. who are they trying to say, don't blame us against? I'll tell you, there was a good amount of people who called the show last night after this happened. Like, and I br- the way I split it was you had the rational and you had the irrational. And I'm not saying that either one is wrong because you can feel how you want to feel. The rational is what exactly you just said. The price might have been a little much, and there's a line you have to draw to get a guy who's good, who's exciting, but he's not a number one on what you hope to be with championship team. We're in agreement there. The irrational would be, is that he's better than anybody we have. He would bring some excitement to this team. He wanted to be here, and damn what the cost would have been. We need to get some of that excitement back to Madison Square Garden. That's what I think the irrational was, and I spoke to a lot of them last night on the show. That's fair, and I understand it's also prisoner of the moment because you just realized the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, swooped in and stole the prom queen from the Knicks who were supposed to be the big city. Donovan Mitchell's a New York City kid. Can you imagine if Donovan Mitchell is in uniform? Because that's going to attract potential unrestricted free agents to say, you know what, if I join the Knicks, we could probably win a championship. They're not thinking that way without Donovan Mitchell there. So I understand the fans' point of view in the moment that way. But that package that it would have cost to get him there, unless you get an unrestricted free agent that is one of those six guys that I just mentioned earlier on this phone call, Mm -hmm. you are all in on Donovan Mitchell this is why it's a great deal for the Cleveland Cavaliers is that they sent out practically, honestly, nothing compared to the team that they had last year. If Donovan Mitchell were to be wiped off the face of this planet tomorrow, they would just play the season with the same team they had last year. And that was in the top four of the East before they got snake bitten with injuries. So they're not all in. But the Knicks, according to that deal, if the rumor is true that that's what was needed to be done, they would have been all in. So if you are upset about the Knicks not getting Donovan Mitchell and you're listening to this, were you willing to shove all your chips in the middle on this one guy being the best player on this team? Because it's championship or bust. If you're our age, if you're listening to this, if you're Dan and I's age, we were alive for the 90s. Nothing matters but a championship, really, (laughs) to to a lot of the Knicks fan base out there. A good season is applaudable like we had a couple years ago. That was a fun little run. But I will not be able to rest in peace the day that I die unless the Knicks win a championship. And that's all I'm really thinking about. And Donovan Mitchell being the best player on the team does not get the Knicks there. 
And you think about what they got back. I mean, Ochai Obaji, that's essentially a, a draft pick for them, right? Because, I mean, he hasn't played a game yet. He's a rookie. He's a pup. I mean, Danny Ainge looks at that as a piece that I can mold and do whatever I want with. Um, no, but you're right in everything you say. We're talking with Rob Perez. He's Worldwide Wob here on the Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. All right, now you dropped a little bit of a hint when you hopped onto the air, so why don't you expound a little bit further? You think this roster is not, gonna, is not set before opening night. Tell us what you mean by that, Robert. Oh well, I, I listen. I don't. I I, I know things, but I I'm, don't know anything that ever anyone else doesn't know. My my thought process here was that I think they're going to shift their attention over to someone like Shea, Shea Gilgis Alexander in Oklahoma City on a franchise which is very clearly rebuilding. May not want to pay Shea Gilgis because Josh Giddy is there. Eventually, they'll get Chet Holmgren back. They are very much in play for uh, the big number one pick, Victor Webinyama, that's coming out of France that they very much are like, let's have another bad season here. And I think they're okay with it. As a result, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is going to need to be paid by somebody. And he is a fringe, if not all-star talent, in my opinion. And I don't think he would cost the same amount of assets that Donovan Mitchell did from Utah. So it would not surprise me to see the Knicks shift their focus to Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I understand they have Brunson. They have Emmanuel quickly coming up. I'm more than happy to go to battle with those guys in uniform as is. The ceiling is certainly lower, but that is a budding superstar that would be talked about a lot more if he was playing in the mecca of basketball as opposed to a tanking Oklahoma City team that is not looking to extend any contracts that are not the next great generational player that has always kind of been their philosophy being in the small market. And I think they will eventually turn their eye to Oklahoma City. And that's where I stand just as an opinionist not with any information uh, to break. Here, here's the thing about that, though. They just signed him a year ago. Like, if you're talking about Shea, they just signed him a year ago and gave him that crazy contract. So he's still under control for, what, three, four more years. Why would Oklahoma City look to move him? I mean, do I need to preach to you about today's NBA? You got Kevin Durant signing deals and wanting to be traded two seconds later. Well, does later? Shea want out of there, though? I, I, I don't know Shea. I, he could want to play for a contender. I'm sure every every up budding superstar out there wants to play for a contender in a bigger market because that equates to bigger sponsorships, more national TV games, get your own shoe deal, uh, playing for the thunder right now, you are not getting any of that. So of course, just from a business standpoint, uh, he may want to play in a bigger city. I, again, I don't know him personally and he has signed a contract, but I see that more as I'm locking in this money, which I certainly deserve. And then we'll go from there. And Knicks fans are thinking the same way regarding Zion Williamson, as long as R.J. Barrett's in uniform that he may have extended with New Orleans. But a lot of Knicks fans out there in the back of their mind are thinking just because he signed doesn't mean this is over. Like all it takes is somebody stomping their feet or claiming their groin hurts and they start sitting out and the rumor mill starts. And, you know, the way this works, like it's New York, man, it's they're always going to find the next guy that can save the Mecca and. Shea is certainly not good enough to be in that category, but it's a start, and it would certainly replace Donovan Mitchell for a lot lesser price. Knicks would take 24 games, certainly, if you're going to get that from Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 22 years old for years to come, absolutely. Um, what do you think Julius Randle's endgame is here? Hmm. I think to get paid, first and foremost, which he has accomplished. Um, I'm going to trust that his relationship with Thibodeau is as genuine as it looks. I mean, Thibodeau's running this guy out there for 40-plus minutes, and it's not just because of Thibodeau's style, but I think it's something that Julius wants. Uh, his family very clearly loves going to games. He's got his son in uniform sitting courtside. 
He may not be happy when he's playing, but I think that's more of a result of the team losing. He sure, he sure seemed to look pretty, pretty dang happy when he was all NBA, all-star, uh, most improved player, all those things. You know, winning cures everything, especially in New York. So I don't know if he's necessarily tradable. Uh, we're going to have to start talking like Russell Westbrook and the Lakers in very particular situations that he can fit into if he's going to be moved. But for the time being, I see him as a New York Nick, and uh, I'll, I'll continue to root for him because he's clearly a guy that needs the support from the fan base uh, to be efficient and give us that productivity from two seasons ago. Rob Perez, Underdog Fantasy, joining us worldwide, Rob, on the Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. Let's quickly flip over to Brooklyn here. Um, how much longer, or how soon, I should say, do we start to hear reports of dissatisfaction and unrest in Brooklyn? Because I'm not necessarily buying the whole kumbaya thing now with KD, Kyrie, Sean Marks, Steve Nash. Uh, don't you think we'll be uh, witnessing some headlines here probably sooner rather than later once this season gets underway? The comparison to make is when James Harden was still in Houston and he started the year there, even though every single person knew he was going to be traded, he wanted to be traded, but they kept trotting him up to the press conference podium and they had him answer questions so that when he's taking videos from the strip club and he's getting asked about them during training camp, this is during COVID nevertheless, that he's, I was just training quote. That's what he said word for word. (laughs) And I doubt that Brooklyn wants to trot that charade up to the podium in the same way. So if Kevin Durant's going up there and he's chucking 33 pointers a night, I think that's him making a message that has not been done yet, nor is that something that he will do. But if that's the case, I just see it falling into line the same way that the James Harden thing did. And eventually you just got to trade him because you know he's going to show up and do his job and go to work, but you can't make him play to his full potential. So if Kevin Durant is out there kind of just punching the time clock, maybe we'll get the trade trade rumor mills uh, stirring up again. But with that NBA January 15th moratorium out there in terms of the, the players that can be traded in the transactions, of players that occurred over the summer, they can't be moved until that date. And that's a long time from opening night until January 15th. So something's got to give there. Either Kevin Durant is going to show up and be happy to play for the Brooklyn Nets and we'll go about our business like nothing happened here, let alone what Kyrie, whatever Kyrie Irving's mood is that day. Um, and there's also Ben Simmons on top of this all. So on paper, this team should be great. They should be very easily a top-four team in the Eastern Conference. But considering all of these extracurriculars and what they got going on in their lives, it's hard to think that they'll be able to get through the grind and the gauntlet of an 82-game NBA regular season that requires just so much showing up and playing hard on a nightly basis. Uh, We took that for granted in the 90s and early 2000s, my friend, because that is not the case anymore. And as a result, I don't know. It's a question mark. That's just a a very long-winded way of answering your question and saying, I think the we're drawing monopoly chance cards here. It's either go straight to jail or go to go and collect $200 with no in-between. I think there's a better than good chance that Steve Nash isn't even the coach when the calendar turns to 2023 either. But I don't think that that's overselling things either. So we'll see where this whole thing goes. Rob, thank you for a couple of minutes. Appreciate your time as always. And uh, will you be making the trip back out east for a little uh, Mets World Series run this year? If the Mets go to the World Series, and they have a closeout game. I will attend every single game until they win or the series is over. So, yes, to answer your question, but it has to be that exact situation. I live here in L.A. They're probably going to play the Dodgers. I can go watch them in the LCS. But World Series, yes.
He is a man of his word, ladies and gentlemen. He will adhere to that. I know this guy. He will. Rob, thank you very much. Enjoy the weekend. We'll uh, talk again soon, pal. You as well, my friend. Talk soon. All right. Be good. There's Rob Perez, a.k.a. Worldwide Wob, Underdog Fantasy, talking a little NBA. Interesting stuff there. But, look, I think all Nick fans are kind of frustrated in their own way. Frustrated, you know, some that, you know, they didn't get their guy. And then also, you talk about, well, okay, even though they didn't get him, you were satisfied with what they did not give up and didn't overpay to get him. But there's still a part of you where you probably feel like, why are we always left outside looking in type thing? I think that that feeling does sort of exist. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. When we come back, Donovan Mitchell actually speaks with now having a new zip code. We'll tell you what he had to say. Plus, big changes coming to the world of college football. We'll also look at the week one college football slate as well. Dan Gross' show till the top right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Let me play among the stars. There you go. Let me see what spring. That's sending you off into the holiday weekend in style. That's what you want. That's what you want. Dan Grasso Show. 98.7 ESPN. Happy Labor Day weekend to one and all. Little early wishes. Well, I guess not. It is, we're, we're kind of in the weekend, right? It's Friday night, you know? We'll be back with you on Tuesday evening, game week. We set this baby off ready to go the right way. 800-919-3776. Remember, you can get me on Twitter, at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. So Donovan Mitchell has taken to Instagram to express his first thoughts, his first sentiments. Now that he has been traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, he said, thank you for the memories and the incredible times. You guys watched me grow up on and off the floor. Coach Quinn, talking about Quinn Snyder, who's no longer the coach, thank you for giving me the opportunity and trusting me to lead this team for the past five years. Love. So a little bit there from Donovan Mitchell, I'm sure. You'll hear more from him when he's introduced at his new digs. That will be in Cleveland with the Cavaliers. As far as uh, what's happening here on the field tonight on the court, Mets have uh, pulled away here from the Nationals. After Washington tied it up, as a matter of fact, in the top of the sixth inning, Mets have put three on the board in the bottom half of the frame, so they have a 6-3 to three lead now. Alonzo had a go-ahead, three run, uh, go-ahead solo homer to put them up 4-3. to three. Now they've tacked on a couple of more runs in this inning. 
Uh, Escobar with a uh, little sacrifice into a double play and some chicanery going on where a run scored. And now they tack on another courtesy of Tomas Nito with a base hit. So 6-3 Mets. Uh, David Peterson got the start tonight. He pitched into the sixth inning, but gave up three runs, eight hits. They hit him around pretty good there, Washington. So still some work to do, but they have a lead. Yankees, now they lost Ben Benintendi earlier in this game. He swung at a pitch and then had to immediately exit. He was grimacing, right wrist injury, got taken for x-rays. He'll probably get some information after the game from Aaron Boone. But you know what? Same old story for the Yankees. I wish I could sit here and tell you something different. I mean, we could just play one of the shows that we did a week and a half ago. It's exactly the same thing. This team cannot get a meaningful hit to save their lives, and especially unless it's going out of the ballpark. But they trail the Rays 1-0 in the seventh inning. Yankees have four hits, and so far collectively they're 0-7 with runners in scoring position, and they've left nine guys on base. Nine guys on base. I, I I mean, you would think that something would change, but it wasn't. You call up Oswaldo Peraza, do you put him in the lineup? No, you don't. Can you do? What can you do? It's the same old, same old, and something's got to snap this team out of it, like, fast, fast. Uh, Serena, meantime, that's our other big story here. She's in the fight of her uh, U.S. Open life, as they say, and the Mets are going to score more runs. Um, she's in a second-set tiebreaker with Isla Tomjanovic. It's um, 5-4 Serena in the breaker. Tomjanovic took the first set 7-5. Serena was up two breaks in the second set. She had a 5-2 lead, and Tomjanovic got herself back into the set, and this has been a very physical match. Okay, it's taken a lot out of both players, more so for Serena because she's 40 years old. She's not in as good of match shape as, let's say, her opponent. I mean, the match has been two hours and 15 minutes already, and we're only in set number two. So if she, and, and you could tell. I mean, Serena's not tr- moving her feet to track down returns. I mean, you could see playing all these matches now, the emotion of it all tied in. It might be taking its toll on her a bit. So uh, we'll see if she could get through this second set tiebreaker. And actually, she has a, a set point, as a matter of fact, now at 6-4. But really, it'll be curious to see how much she's got left in the tank for this third set. I mean, she's huffing and puffing pretty good out there. It's, it's, it's a physical match. It's, she's not played a lot of tennis over the last year. You know, it, it, this is probably a little bit more than she even bargained for. So we'll see what comes of it here. Could be going to a third set. If it is, you know, that's when your fitness, that's when your conditioning usually is going to play a big role in it, and she's going up against a fitter opponent. So just something to keep in mind here as we work our way through the next set of tennis, potentially or so, out there at Flushing Meadows. We come back. Changes to college football and the playoff model. Thank goodness. Plus, we'll take a look at the week one slate on the college grid here. It's the Dan Grasso Show. Till the top, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Christian Bethencourt, two-run shot off of Domingo Herman. Rays three, Yankees nothing. And for this Yankee offense, which has been anemic as anemic could be, three runs right now might be insurmountable. Think about that. That's, that's, that's what this has come to for the Yankees. A three-run deficit is too much to overcome. That's where we're at right now. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Ronnie's in Long Island. He's up next. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. Ronnie, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's Lon with the L. Oh, Lonnie. Lonnie. Long what's Island. up, Lonnie? How you doing? Hey, what's up, Dan? Man, how you doing, buddy? Good, bro. Well, I saw it coming in the fifth inning. Uh, when they scored that one run, I said, oh, we're going to lose. The Yankees can't score. They're horrible. And, oh, man, Hicks. I cannot take another day watching him. He, he shouldn't even be in the majors. And Boone, I don't know why they didn't fire him last year. The, the Yankees have lost like 15, 18, one-run games. They can't do nothing to score. It's over. Right now, it's over. 3 nothing. I it'll be a miracle if they come back. I just don't see it. And I tell you what, I, I, I don't see them winning anything. They can't beat the Astros. They won't beat the Mets. They can't beat the Dodgers. I mean, they're not going anywhere. We're going to go to another and come out, lose again, and they should just cut ties, get rid of Boone and his whole staff because they can't hit. The pitchers been decent, but they can't hit. I mean, I'm getting tired of these guys swinging the pitches a foot out of the strike zone. I'm like, why is he swinging at that? Uh I don't know. Maybe someone else could answer, but they need to. They need to start all over, rebuild, take it down, and start it over. What do you Lonnie, think? hang in there. Um, look, I hear your frustration. Now it's not going to happen this year. Nothing's going to happen, Aaron Boone, between now and the end of the season. But let let let's just put it in perspective here for a second. If this doesn't change, right? If this doesn't change, and it's not. I mean, the Yankees aren't going to win this game. That means the lead is five, and four in the loss column. Wow. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Think I mean yes. think think about that. And Lonnie, thank you for the phone call. I appreciate you. I mean, we'd be sitting here. I mean, I'm I'll I'll refresh your memory. July the 15th, not even July the 15th. But it was in July. And it was a 15 game lead. Think about how fast July the 8th, it was a 15-and-a-half game lead that the Yankees had. And now we could be talking about one that is now just four in the loss column. That is incredible to me. I mean, even in my wildest dreams, I wouldn't think that that would have happened. But here we are. Simon in New Haven, he's up next. He's a big Aaron Boone fan. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. Simon, how are you? Oh, I couldn't have said it better. That Lonnie guy, I could not have said it better myself. I've been saying along, we got to get rid of Boone. 
He finds a way for this team to lose. I've been saying it. It's good that Lonnie thinks like me. I want to make a personal plea to Mr. Steinbrenner. Get rid of Boone, get Ozzie Guillen, and get rid of these hitting coaches. We don't need hitting coaches. We need ping-pong coaches. We're playing ping-pong, ground-out, pop-up, ground-out, pop-up. Come on. Enough is enough. Get rid of Boone. He's worse than Girardi. Get rid of him. Well, at least Joe Girardi has a ring, and I thank you for the phone call, Simon. Um, And by the way, if things don't change the rest of the night, Yankees still have, what is it, the bottom of the seventh, so they still have two more turns of at bat. Um, and things, if they stay as is, you are going to be looking at, what, the 10th game where they had four hits or less in the last month? I, I mean, that's, that's unfathomable. 10 games, and this is the New York Yankees. This ain't the Pittsburgh Pirates. This ain't the Oakland A's. 10 games, and you got a guy on the team who's supposed to be the MVP? And I'm not putting this all on Judge. I know it's baseball. I'm not putting it on Judge at all. But baseball, the best player on your team, maybe he only gets four at-bats a game. What about the other, you know, 32? It's rough right now. It really is rough. I never would have seen this coming. But again, if you're looking to spark things, explain to me why you call up the kid Peraza and he's not in the lineup tonight. Oh, he's going to be in there tomorrow, though, probably. Day too late. Day late and a dollar short. Serena breaks to open the third set. She's up one love, up a break on Tomjanovic. Tony's in the car. Up next, 98.7 ESPN. Tony, how are you? I'm doing uh, pretty good, considering the fact that we are witnessing history. Uh, the biggest collapse. It could be the biggest collapse in Major League history. I think mean, about that. Think about that, right Tony. Now. Think about uh, it. No, I know. I'm 52 years old. I've been I've been going to the Yankee games since uh, '77. Uh, I mean, I remember the '80s when we absolutely tanked. The Bronx. You know, well, guess what? Words, the Bronx was burning say. in '77. The Bronx is burning again now because the team stinks. It, it's. Uh, I've never seen. I've never ever seen them play this bad. Errors. Now you know it's one thing. Okay. You get, Shut down by pitching, but now Donaldson is playing errors, uh, causing errors, uh, having errors that are causing runs, and he's not hitting. And uh, again, I mean, look, fire somebody other than Boone, shake things up. I know I called like two weeks ago, and they said they've had a players' meeting. Uh, and okay, he had that one grand slam at the at the ninth inning to save possibly getting swept at that point. But they, they, it's so frustrating. I mean, then you'll find somebody. Take somebody, say, you know, like if, if somebody has a, like, a king, he had an injury, supposedly, they had to go down and uh, go to rehab and uh, go minor leagues and so forth to work it out. But, come on, I think the writing was on the wall that if they didn't send him down, you know, and then the thing with Chapman, somebody, somebody, ha- heads have to roll. If, if Steinbrenner was alive, there's no doubt that he would have been, somebody would have been fired. Fire somebody, hitting coach, hitting coach, somebody, somebody needs to get, somebody needs to take the blame and, and and save the season because right now they might not make the playoffs. Could you imagine that? No, they'll make the playoffs. They'll make. I mean, Tony, mm-hmm. that would be. And I th- thank you for the phone call. They look. I, I'll, I can't believe I'm even saying this. They'll make the playoffs. They might not win the division which is just scary to think that we're even talking in those terms. The reason they're going to make the playoffs is because look at the rest of the American League. 
You know, look at the rest of the American League. The Central is a mess, right? You know, Minnesota or Cleveland, one of those two teams is going to win the division, The other, and then the other's not even going to be a wild card because they're not good enough. Um, Seattle's going to get in. Tampa's going to get in. And then who's that third wild card going to be? It's either going to be what, Yankees, Toronto, or Baltimore? If the Yankees do move out of first place, which, I, I again, I, I have to almost pinch myself that we're even having these conversations. But it's real. And what if Ben Nintendi's gone for a while? You know, what if Ben Nintendi now is going to be missing right at a time when he was starting to actually swing the bat pretty good? Now what? Uh, it is just... Maybe Aaron Boone, when he meets the media today, he's going to, you know, bang the table again. Bang the microphone like he did at Yankee Stadium, and then they won four in a row after that, right? When they were playing the Blue Jays. Bang the table. Bang. Brian and Queens, up next, 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Brian? How are you, pal? Good, Brian. Uh, I, I think, I, I think uh, everyone that just called before me, I, I, I think you're all nuts. Obviously, they're having a terrible, terrible, terrible month, right? But look what they did in the first half of the season. But I it's mean, been, it's been two months. Let's the brakes a little bit. Brian, it's been two months. Two months. Understood. Understood. It's not good. It's not good right now. But do you really think the answer is to tonight fire Boone in the middle no, of the season? No, he's not getting fired. We, he's not getting fired. We know that. He's not getting fired. They're never going to do that. I don't, think, I don't think they should have got him in a Girardi. That's a whole other thing. But I think we just need to pump the brakes a little bit. They're a good, they're, they're a very good team in a terrible, terrible slump. And I think we just need to pump the brakes. I think we're still easily a World Series contender. I really do. Mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Brian, thanks for the phone call. I, I mean, you, you want to say you're a good team? You want to say you're going through a bad stretch? All right, I'll give you that. But to say World Series contender, what World Series? The Caribbean Series? World Baseball Classic? Not, not the World Series. Not the one I'm going to be watching in October slash November. Little League World Series? Maybe that one. I don't, know, I don't know if right now if the Yankees could win the Little League World Series the way they're playing. Getting four hits a game? What happens, what happens if an 11-year-old kid from Curacao hits a ground ball to Isaiah Kiner-Falefa at shortstop and he boots it like he did the other night? Do you have enough faith that Cole's going to be able to strike out the 10-year-old that's up next? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Peralta coming out of the bullpen getting crossed up with the catcher or maybe that maybe that's a situation that um when, once Chapman's off the aisle once the uh, tattoo infection heals once he gets all the antibiotics there and you know the, the leg is okay then they'll bring him out there those are going to be the high leverage situations they slowly acclimate him into he's going to go up against the, the the Hawaiian kids the Little League World Series champions see if he could blow those guys away you could say, hey, you could say this is a bad month all you want. I told you at the beginning of the show, I'll repeat it for those that didn't hear it. Since July 3rd, that's two months, 52 games, Yankees are 21 and 31. That's fourth best in the American League East. Not in the American League, in their own division. And they are six outs away from going to 21 and 32 during that stretch. You could say things are going to be okay. You could wish and pray and hope and all you want. Guess what? From my seat, no way you could look at this team as a World Series contender. No way, no how. We'll talk some college football playoff when we return. 
Dan Grosser with you till the top, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dan Ross's show, 98.7 ESPN. Football fans, sign up for Cover 5. It's a free-to-play pick'em game for season-long fun and compete against your friends, your rivals, and your favorite 98.7 ESPN host. Pick five games each week, and the best score against the spread throughout the regular season will win $1,000. Weekly prizes of $100 will also be awarded. Join the 98.7 ESPN League with code NY22 on the Cover 5 app and Cover5.com. It's as easy as one, two, free. Visit ESPNNewYork.com for full contest rules. Speaking of contests, congratulations to Brian in West Islip. Why? Because he won those pair of tickets to see the Scorpions on Wednesday at UBS Arena. So congratulations to Brian. He is uh, on his way coming up on Wednesday. That's what we do on this show. We make dreams come true. And he's going to go see the Scorpions. Uh, Real quick, college football playoff. It's at four. It's been at four. They're expanding to 12. It'll either happen sometime 24 and 25, no later than 26 when the current TV deal is finished. But the bottom line is I I think this was a no-brainer. There's way too much money to be made from this, and I think that that was the motivating factor at the end of the day. I've said it for years. problem with the college football playoff is when you have the four teams, I think that the majority of fans across the country are getting – playoff fatigue and what I mean by that is it's almost the same cast of characters each and every year that make up the top four you know so if you're not an Alabama fan or an Ohio State fan or a Clemson fan or an Oklahoma fan or or somewhere of that combat you know Georgia yeah those are the same like four or five teams that are part of it every year so otherwise you're saying to yourself why the hell am I even watching this thing Right. So now you open up the pot a little bit more, get some fresh blood in there. And the way it's going to work is it's part and parcel to the way the proposal was when it was first broached. I don't know how many months ago back it was, but the sixth highest ranked conference champions will be one through six. OK. And when you say conference champions, what's a conference champion? What's a conference nowadays? The way these teams are moving around and, you know, realigning and everything like that. But you are still going to have a committee. So in the eyes of the panel and the eyes of the committee, that's how they're going to rate who one through six is when it comes to the conference champs. Then you're going to get six at-large teams, and that's how you make up your 12. Teams one through four are going to get a bye, and then the other eight are going to play, and then you're going to have you know a final eight, a final four, blah, blah, blah. What that means is 
Schedule's probably going to have to be altered a little bit. Maybe they start the season a little bit earlier, maybe a week earlier in the month of August because you're going to be playing another set of games. That first round of playoff games is supposed to take place on uh, the campuses of all the schools, which I actually think is cool. You know, like some late season atmosphere, playoff football, great, more money to them. And then you're going to have your games at the neutral sites as we move forward through this thing. But look, we knew we were going to 12 teams. It had to happen. It's going to happen. And I think that's good for college football. But we've got to wait at least a couple of years for this thing to take place. As far as the week one slate, tomorrow you got your first full slate of college football games on a Saturday. The tradition is back. Uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State, that's the big one. Tomorrow night at 730. Notre Dame, of course, Marcus Freeman taking over for Brian Kelly. Opening against his alma mater, he was a linebacker for Ohio State. So um, Ohio State maybe, maybe the best offense in America. C.J. Stroud's going to be a Heisman contender, going to be a guy who's uh, certainly going to be in the thick of the draft discussion next year. Ohio State, if they could just get that defense figured out, you know, they could be the team left standing when it's all said and done. That's how good they are offensively. Uh, and then tomorrow afternoon, you got Georgia against Oregon. What's cool about that one, of course, is Don Lanning, who is the new Oregon head coach. Well, he was the Georgia defensive coordinator last year when they won the whole darn thing in Georgia. They left. They lost a lot of guys to the NFL, man. They lost 15, but they recruit so darn well down there with Kirby Smart that, you know, now the other guys are going to be forced to play a little bit of a bigger role. And we'll see if they could get it happen. So those are your two big ones with college football. When we come back on Tuesday... It is football week. It is football time, and I cannot wait <laughs> things planned for you all throughout the season, and I can't wait to get it started. So thanks to our guests tonight, Rob Perez and Cynthia Freeland. Thanks to Joe Leo. Thanks to Tom Bauer for producing the program. Remember, you can check me out on Twitter always, at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. I will talk to you again Tuesday night at 7, but right now keep it tuned to the weekend wager. Anita's got that for you, everybody. Have a safe and happy Labor Day weekend. We'll talk to you Tuesday, 98.7.